This is your guy, Odell Dickerson, a.k.a. Odell Exec. I'm sitting here with my man, Rock Mitchell, with the Social Advice Podcast, where it don't take that long to get right, shawty. Welcome to the Social Advice Podcast with your host, Rock Mitchell. Enjoy intriguing conversations and dialogue surrounding faith, fashion, technology, current events, culture, self-help, and motivation. Remember this one thing. It don't take that long to get right, shorty. Welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your guy Rock Mitchell. We're back with another episode of the Social Advice Podcast. Where it don't take that long to get right, shorty. I'm happy to be back with my main ace in the whole place. Let me take a sip of water. My main ace in the whole place. We're sitting in his office. My guy, Odell Beckham. I mean, Odell Dickerson. Get it right. <laughs> Get it right. Get it right, so, I was here long before Odell Beckham. I'm sure you were. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so... Watch it. Uh, <laughs> and so, we're going to cut up on this episode. It's a little bit of a different episode. I just want to say thank you to everyone who listened to the the episode with Malika from last week. Um, it was it did tremendous numbers. Super dope. It yeah, it did tremendous numbers. So I appreciate the episode number one coming back strong. Um, I actually was with Malika today for her um, Malika's secret. Can you turn your 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 buzzer thing off? Thank you. Um, I was with Malika for her Secrets to Success Masterclass today. It was packed full of men and women um, who were there, and um, she was dropping some jewels and some nuggets. But shout out to Malika. Uh, shout out to the homie Malika. I'm proud of what she's doing in Baltimore. Um, but this is gonna be a brief, um, a brief cut up session. We're gonna have to talk about some good stuff. Uh, me and Odell, we talk every day, so this is just gonna be an extension of us just chatting about what we chat about all the time, and so. Um, and over, most of the conversation we just had, we should have had on the podcast. Yes, and so it's gonna we're gonna try to recreate this whole idea of what we were talking about. The, the funny thing is, um, over the weekend, um, a, a buddy of mine sent me a video of um, of Drake talking, and he's talking to LeBron and another gentleman. I didn't catch who that other gentleman was. Um, and he was talking on LeBron's HBO series called The Shop. Check it out. Um, and it was dope. It was really dope. But what they were talking about and um, what they were talking about was something that was really serious. And I have Odell with me, who is a hip hop historian. Yes, I am. And so his his uh, I want his view on this, his analysis of this whole thing. And basically what Drake was talking about was the whole beef that he had between himself and Pusha T. But it was based out of relationship that he had. Um, built with Kanye, and the whole idea was that Kanye, um, like, opened up to Drake in a way just to say, hey, you know, um, I'd like to, you know, work with you and, and, and build and help you with your album and stuff, but you got to come out to Wyoming. And when he got out there, he had ended up spending most of his time working on Kanye's album. He was like, oh, that's kind of weird, but okay, I'll help him work on his album. So he ended up working on his album, and then while he was out there opening up to Kanye, telling him about his son, telling him about his relationship with his baby's mother, and just some you know other intricate details of his life that nobody else would know in Kanye's camp but Kanye because he told Kanye. And then he got home to find out that Kanye was dropping you know, subliminals, and then Pusha T was dropping subliminals, 
And then Pusha T just put out a whole album just dissing the man. And Kanye and, produced it. And Kanye produced it. And Drake is like, what? I like I went out on nothing but love to to support this man and to you know he asked me to come and I came out and so when I saw that I, I pushed the I pushed the video when it got sent to me I pushed it out to my brother I pushed it out to uh, oh it was one of the people I pushed it out to and I said yo I want to talk about this because so many times um, as men um, our guards you know we get taken advantage of or we feel you know feel as though we can't express ourselves and it's for reasons like that where you open up to people and then they do you dirty they just do you dirty what you think man man in this day and time people do not know how to be a friend say that again people do not know how to be a friend a friend is almost like a dinosaur it's almost <laughs> extinct yep and man to be a friend, you have to be trustworthy. When we talk, it's us talking. It's not us talking to the world on Instagram. I don't even understand social media beefs. <laughs> Why not? I guess I come from a time frame where if you had a beef, you handled your beef however you handled it. No, 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 we, no, no, no. We, no, no, we, stop, we, we were not Twitter gangsters. Stop talking about you handled your beef however you handled it. That's a lie. I, we know how you handled your beef. He was out here ripping people's ears off. You it. cannot share that. See, that's what I'm talking about. You can't share that stuff with people. Uh, uh, let me just say this, y'all. We, we sitting here, and it's bad because I got a blue Nike shirt on, and O got a blue Nike shirt on. That's crazy. So it looked like we twins, but it's okay. So, But I just found like, you know, I felt like betrayal is one of the worst feelings you can feel if you feel betrayed. When you trust somebody with your deep um, feelings, thoughts and emotions and you share some things with them and you even feel good about sharing them, you were able to get something off your chest. And then you turn around and hear those things repeated. Oh man. And everybody knows that, you know, in the in the relationship, you and your friend knows that it was told in confidentiality. Right. And so but And that not only that is is if it came out, it could hurt you. So nobody you're gonna, knows this. You're gonna intentionally hurt me? Like when your friends or family with your loved ones, we hurt each other. But not intentionally. We give each other the benefit of the doubt. We give each other the benefit of the doubt. But if I find out you're intentionally trying to hurt me, then we have some things to resolve. But, but think about it on this level, right? He talked to Kanye about this. And it wasn't hold on, hold on, hold on. First thing is, he was talking to, to Kanye, Kanye. <laughs> okay? Let's just put that down. You know, I, I think Drake is a very, very smart guy. But he was talking to Kanye. And you know what? He gave Kanye the benefit of the doubt with all the things that Kanye has going on Wouldn't in his life. Wouldn't have done that. Wouldn't have done that. I mean, but this is how I look at it, right? He talks to Kanye in, you know, in a private situation. He doesn't just tell Pusha T. But Pusha T puts it on an album. Like, per nobody knew Drake had a son. Or a baby's mother. He put it out in an album. Like, See, for the world to hear. And then lied and say, I didn't. 
the code was always women and children were off limits. But then there's this whole thing about there's no there's no there's no limits in hip hop. That's not true. Even, that was Drake's point. He said, you know, they try to say there's no rules, but there are rules. The minute that we eliminate the rules, we're in trouble. There should be some boundaries that we do not cross. I mean, because you got to respect me as a man. Like, there's certain things not, that... Not just as a man, Rock, but as a person. We're human beings. Right. And I think, you know, people talk about love, and there's different kinds of loves. And I heard this, I think, on the um, 444 album, or maybe the Carter's album. And I think it's Jay-Z's mom or somebody narrating, but they talk about the different types of love in the world. And the world, more than anything, is lacking the love of humanity. That's true. I mean, be, and, and that's evident in the fact that people will kill somebody, like... So, so Rock, you know this, the world doesn't know this, and I did not post it on social media. Just over two weeks ago, my son, my 17-year-old son, Odell Dickerson the third, the new and improved the Odell, Right, our, our, he our, is, our basketball star. Right, he is driving on 83. Someone has road rage in Timonium, Maryland, not Baltimore, not the East Side, not the West Side. Out there where I live at. Out there where Rock lives, where the bougie people live. <laughs> no, right? that's where you. <laughs> right, so they shoot at his car while he's driving on Interstate 83 bust out his back window and his passenger side window. By the grace of God, he, he was, was not hit, hit nor God. was his friends hit, nor did he lose control of the car. But it could have been a worse situation. What kind of person does that? An uh, 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 imbecile, an idiot, someone who does not have control of their mind. And that leads me to the whole idea, and it goes back to Kanye, of mental health. Yes. You know, mental health is a real situation. I mean, because... The first thing Kanye said was, yo, I wouldn't do that. I didn't, I, didn't, uh, I didn't tell Pusha T nothing about your son. Then how did he know? Right. You're, which well, means you're a liar, dude. Like, right. you're a liar. Well, he wrote a song and you produced it. You played a role in this. Dude, like, and so it, it frustrates me because I was a fan of Heartbreaks and 808's Kanye. What was the name of Kanye's last album? It wasn't Life of Pablo. That's the last one that made sense to me. But what was the last one that, that came out? I don't know. We need to Google it. <laughs> Gotta Google. What's the name of Drake's last album? Scorpion. Scorpion. I knew that off the break. That's, I think there's some jealousy there. Yeah, most definitely. I, so this is the thing, right? But look at all of these PR stunts that's happening. Jay-Z and Beyonce, I'm obviously a big Jay-Z fan. So Jay-Z and Beyonce had a song out on, I think, the Kingdom Come album called Hollywood. Do you think that was about Kanye? I don't think that was about Hollywood, but it, I mean about Kanye, but it was just about how we are addicted to fortune and fame. And the help of social media is killing us. And, and it's like, so it's, it's medically proven, scientifically proven that endorphins are released when we get likes and DMs and all of those types of things on social media. And I think we really take it to the head where 
our lives are really playing out in front of the entire world. As soon as you hear something about somebody, where'd you hear it from? Oh, I saw that on social media. Like somebody you don't talk to at all, but you then see them in public. And then you say, oh, man, we see what you're doing, man. God bless you, man. You're doing a good job. Right. How do you know? Social media. Right. And, that, and that's not always true. Well, I know for me, Rob, I share way less of my life. Like, whatever you see on social media is probably, like, 2% of my life. Me too. But, like, but that 2%, 20,000 people really like that 2% that you're, you're <laughs> posting. Like, I'm probably somewhere more around 5%. I'm probably because my story is lit like every day. Yeah, your story's lit. My story every is lit day. every day. Thank right. you. I appreciate that. Your story's I, lit. Like I don't know if you really mean this. You are, no, I mean it sincerely. <laughs> I mean it. I'm gonna get on my story, but like I was talking to Rock about his story. <laughs> it was whack. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when Ashton and Aiden's on there, you know. Right. That's the only time it gets interesting. But and and I would say I don't share as much as like my my really personal stuff because. There is not a lot of people in this day and age that you can trust. I can count on one hand my true friends. Absolutely. Like my true friends like that I know if I call them right now, they're coming. Absolutely. And those are the kind of friends that I don't ask. I really don't ask anything of them because I cherish the friendship too much. And before I even ask them, they probably already know. Like, yo, things ain't sitting right. You good? Right. You know what I mean? Your real friends is going to check on you. Right. Like... And so what they're I going, think of, your real friends is going to check on you and they're going to check you. Yeah. And, and I think it's people like Kanye who have not had a real friend in a long time. Well, he's kind of hard. Some people, it's hard to be a friend too. Like he had real friends, he had relationships, and he cut them off. Like Jay? That's, obviously, yeah. Jay was like, you know, I give you 20 mil without blinking. You give me 20 minutes on stage, what was you thinking? <laughs> like, for real? I remember when Kanye was just a producer, but he wanted to be down with Rockefeller. And when, they yep. when Damon Dash and Jay-Z handed him his chain on stage and how happy he was. I remember that. That thing went straight to his head. Immediately. Immediately. But this is the thing. Kanye through his affiliations and his skill set, quickly became a lot of people's top, in people's top five. Okay. He did, but he's not a rapper, though. He's a producer. He's not a... He's a brilliant creative. I give him that. Yeah. He's a, he's a creative. He's a brilliant thinker and creative. It just went left. But can't nobody say that he's, like, the rapper, rapper. Like, he brings people together that work on his albums. Right. But these, this day and age, right. he's not the rapper. No, he's not the rapper. You know, and so for me, that leads me into another point. There's a lot of people who are really upset with Kanye about all of this political ranting that he's doing. Like, the guy's all over the place. Like, he loves Donald Trump. I don't know how many people love Donald Trump. I don't, I don't even know if his wife actually even loves Donald Trump. She does. She's married to the guy, I guess. But the black community is, like, kind of upset with this guy. Yeah, his loyalists, you know, his friends, um, the people who follow him. So a part of me thought this was all a PR stunt, and it backfired. Terribly. 
It backfired. When his album dropped, I still have, did you ever find the name of his album? Um, uh, exactly. Kanye latest album, Yandy? Yeah, Yandy, I guess. I listened to it, but it didn't catch I can't me. name one song. He did a song, I think, with T.I. on there. I can't think of any of them, nor yeah. do I want to hear of any of them. No. Because it, it was all... I, it was all a stunt. And and if he really feels the way he says he feels, that's even worse. So, now this is the thing, right? When you really listen to what he's saying, he's saying some decent things. Like, you know, mixing up how kids learn, I'm with it. Um, releasing Hoover from prison because he changed his life around. I'm, I'm, I'm with recidivism and, and reform. He's saying a lot of things. But when you openly profess what he's professing, how he feels about Donald Trump, who has clearly shared how he feels about our community and other other communities and just just the way he is, I think in in the way that he's doing is almost like he's trying to he's speaking for the black community. And you can't he can't do that. He doesn't speak for us and Donald Trump is the face of immorality. Gee, say that again. Donald Trump is the face of immorality. He does not understand morality. And the thing is, he is taking a stance that much of America is behind. That's 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 like that's like Drake sharing with Pusha T and Kanye, thinking they're his friends. Not. And they came out with a diss record to show him how he really feels. And let him Don- be close enough. Donald Trump has shown us how he really feels. What's that statement? If somebody shows you their true colors, believe them. Yep. That's that's the truth. And so so facts. From a, from a both of us are, are African American. How do we view Kanye? Like what do we like? What do we really think about Kanye? Like do we think Kanye is has a master plan and he's smarter than we all think he is and it's no. gonna make sense later. No. <laughs> you know no is a complete sentence, right? No. <laughs> oh, hold on. I wanna ask that one more time with camera. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, so you don't so you don't think that he is he's has a master plan. You just think he's out here wilding. He's out here wild and he's trying he's being himself though. Now he's shown us his true colors. He's being himself. And if you can fake it this good, that's even worse. Do you think he has mental health issues? Absolutely. He has mental health issues. Do you think it was a PR uh, stunt on Donald Trump's behalf to have him come to the White House? Absolutely. Absolutely. He, Donald Trump has will use anybody that allows him to use them. So let me ask you this: You are, you are a, um, a staple in the black church when it comes to black church executives running large organizations and leadership. When the whole all of those pastors went to sit with um, Donald Trump, um, Paul, I, I looked at Paul, Bishop Paul S. Morton's um, Twitter, right? And basically, he went in. He went in. He basically was saying. I'm not a novice. Like I know what that's what that's about, and I'm not doing it. You know, you manage a lot from your point of view. 
would you have gone? No. And let me tell you why I would not have gone. They laid down the ground rules before they went. Told them that they would only have, I can't, don't quote me on the exact amount of time, but they would only have, say, nine or ten minutes. And they could only bring a greeting. They couldn't ask any questions. They, they knew the ground rules. They couldn't have a real, this wasn't really an open forum where they could have a real conversation. So they knew it was a PR start. I think some of them had great intentions to, um, you know, see if they could get a word in edgewise or somehow make an impact because of the topic at hand. But the ground rule, again, the ground rules were laid. It was clear that they were not going to get any progress out of that conversation. And I don't, and I don't, I'm not trying to go in on anybody. I just think, you know, Donald Trump is really good at playing people. He's really good at playing <laughs> and people. And people are really slow there. I mean, because, like, at the end of the day, <clears throat> me being who I am, there is nothing that I need to really talk to him about. They, I mean, like... If you had a real opportunity to voice some real issues and then, you know, have a discussion about them, that's one thing. But literally, everybody got a chance to go around the table, from what I understand, and say, like, a sentence. And everybody pretty much was like, thank you, Mr. President, for having me here. Right. I saw the video, and it was literally when they went around the room, some of America's black, foremost black pastors and preachers, we're basically saying thank you for the work you're doing, and we know that God is huh? blah, 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 blah. Like, and I was what? looking at this stuff like, are you kidding excuse me? Excuse me, say what? Like, excuse, excuse me, say what? What'd you say? <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> you know, and, and, and for me, like, I don't have a hating bone in my body. I don't hate on anybody. I don't hate Donald Trump. Do I think he is who he is? Yes. Do I understand him and deal when I see him do things, do I deal with that according to my frame of reference from him? Yes, I do. And so, like, I'm a real big fan. Like, when I say I love John Gray, I love John Gray. Mm -hmm. I think John Gray is awesome. I mm -hmm. think I'm glad he's and the he senior is. pastor mm -hmm. of the church. He's the senior pastor of. I think he's bringing a new wave. He's he's that guy in my eyes, right? But to see him there, I didn't I didn't know what to think. Like, I was confused. I literally was trying to find the best way to like make that make sense in my eyes and maybe he has some, some information i just this, don't know about this is what i believe so i've had an opportunity to meet john gray a couple of times in a setting even before and after this incident i really believe john gray's intentions were good his intentions were good he believed somehow he could get in there and make a difference god, he believed god, god that called him to do that and it just did not go that way it just didn't go that way. Man, wow. What a wonderful... Like, you really... That was the cleanest version of... That was... Man, you all right with me. You know that? <laughs> I, you know what? And I like I'm a, that... Right. <laughs> I'm a Christian. <laughs> I like that because that means if anybody ever says anything terrible about me on radio or on TV... You're going to be able to say, you know what? I really think Rock had the best. Well, you're my friend and my brother. I would probably <laughs> handle that a little differently. Right. Like, turn the cameras off now. <laughs> <laughs> no, so let's talk. Let's go to what we were talking about earlier about friendship. Okay. And being vulnerable in friendship. 
you know, I don't think men should be vulnerable with people they don't know. That's just not wise. So a lot, seeing a lot of people be vulnerable with Donald Trump and him playing them, that's what you get. But when you have friends, you should be vulnerable. I think there should be some vulnerability where you can say, yo, this is what I'm dealing with. And being honest, being open, being transparent. That's the only way friendships grow from being, for men, excuse me, from being friends to being brothers. That's the only way I see it. I agree with you. I think friendship is evolving, especially for the African-American male. Um, and it's not that long ago that we were um, arriving here off of slave ships and they divided us and they really broke us. And we're still recovering from that. And it's deep down in our generation. So men have always been taught to be tough, to be bad, to be rough. And then with, you know, the urban streets of America, Baltimore City, Chicago, New York, you had to be a level of tough. It's a jungle. It is a jungle. And what I found, bro, is like each generation starts over. No, no generation has been able to really build on the previous generation and say, all right, this is what our fathers did. Right. This is how far they took it. Let's make sure that we can. I mean, there, there's a segment of these generations who have an understanding of historical context and, 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 and what, the way we should be going. But we, there's not enough of us to say, yo, we can't keep killing each other. We can't keep killing each other. But, but because of the way we are, there's so many underlying issues that we don't get a chance to discuss. Like what? Um, for, for example, you have the whole movement now where, so when I, when I was, I graduated from high school in 1988. When I graduated from high school, that whole period of my high school career, if, 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 a, if a guy was gay, he would dare not come out. It, he would dare not. He would be ridiculed. He would be probably beat up. He would, I mean, it, it was worse than bullying on social media. So over time now, it's an open thing. It's actually cool for you know, certain segments of our community. They, got, they have gay gangs. Um, and, it's, and it's actually cool. And I'm not here to judge right. one way of, or the other, but because we've suppressed those type of things for so long, the results are going haywire. They're going left, they're going right, and we have no um, sense of um, understanding of and control over this. Yeah, and so when it comes down to brotherhood, trust, like how many people really trust their, their, right. their friends? Like, right. And the reason this is important to me is because at at 33 years old, you can only build, you can't, you can't do life by yourself. Absolutely not. You can't do life by yourself, and you know this. And so, like, even you, I know that you pick and choose your friends very, 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 very wisely and closely because you got so much to lose. Yes. And, like, even some of our mutual friends are right. not kind of people where you can just walk into their circle. Like, right. You gotta do. You gotta be vetted. Like you don't just go and come up in here. That's right. And the reason is because we got so much to lose. But I found with even with having so much to lose, there is still an element of no. Nah, I want to be friends. I generally want to be your friend, but I'm just not going to do that on the grounds of 
just calling you bro because these days everybody call you everybody bro. bro so so rock you you made a statement that we have so much to lose I, you're, I, you're right i have so much to lose um and, and what i have to lose isn't just about me it's about my purpose which is my family and my faith and what i do to make life better for someone else but we also have so much to gain yeah and we sometimes don't look at what we have to gain because we've been so busy protecting what it is we think we have to lose. Talk about that. So, you know, that statement, what if, you know, if I jump, what if I fall? But what if I fly? Right. But you never know unless you jump. So now, with, for me, this is a faith statement. So I'm in the Christian and the church and religious arena. And one of the biggest problems that we suffer from is that we're people of faith, right? Yet we walk by sight. That's so true. We want to know. If, if I do this, I'm going to get this, right? If I take this chance, it's all going to work out for me, right? No, faith does not work we, like that. We don't know. And, and my issue that I, I see is like when I go into any friendship, I bring my whole self into that friendship. Like, right. I, I just don't bring in, all right, yeah, we talk a couple times on the phone or we go get, you know, like we go get steak and steak and, and cream spinach, you know. Dang, I'm hungry. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to eat right now. <laughs> so, you know, that's not just friendship. Friendship says, all right, this is my homie. This is what he's doing. This is what he brings to the table. How can I advance that? How do I add value to that? How do I add value? And I don't think a lot of people think like that. And so, and that brings us back to the first point. Drake was trying to build a relationship with Kanye because he wanted to either bring value to Kanye or have Kanye bring value to him. And what Kanye ended up doing was saying, you know what, I get all of that. All I needed was your information. Now we're going to put this album together and we're going to roast you. You know, and that's the equivalent to saying, man, you become friends and, you know, we share, you know, private stuff. And then I use that as, oh, yeah, yeah, man, Odell tight. Yeah, yeah, he told me this. And I'm out here telling the world these things, but in your friend, in your face trying to be your friend. And I think that's what happens with a lot of black men. Nah, I don't trust people like that because I don't need nobody stabbing me in the back. Because the worst feeling there is is to be stuck, stabbed in the back by somebody that you trust or thought had good intention for you. Right. So we, the world is a tough place. And if the world um, does something to hurt you, it's almost to be expected. But when your family and your friends and your loved ones do something to hurt you, it feels like a knife, like a real knife cutting you. And the statement I made earlier about, you know, what, you know, what do I have to lose, but what do I have to gain? Man, imagine if the Kanye that we knew and Drake got together on some super production stuff. It would have been amazing. Yet, we had a beef that was hot for a second. Now Pusha T's gone back under his rock. Right. He was hot for literally two And weeks. I like Pusha T, but he went back under his rock. Right. But, but look at the other relationships they affect, though. Because they're all connected. Pusha T is a, pro a product of Pharrell. Yep. Who has relationship with Kanye yeah. and these other people and Drake. And, you know, they're all connected. Why are they not coming together? We need to come together now. I mean, especially considering that, you know, and I don't hate on, you know, mumble rap or trap or anything like that. But I'm just a bigger fan of 
the art form of hip hop. You know what I mean? Like favorite rapper um, clearly is Jay Z. You know, favorite rapper, um, and and that has not always been the case. As I got as I've gotten older, it's become Jay Z. Um, got a chance to see um, Jay Z in France over the summer. It was crazy. So. Well, you know, you're a hater. I saw him in Philadelphia. You did. You did. You You saw him in France. On the red carpet. Yes, I did. Shout out to my man, Chris Simon. Shout out to... to, to, Forget Chris Simon. (laughs) Uh, Shout out to my man, uh, Steve from Parkwood. Thank you for the the VIP. Um, He's become my favorite rapper because of his ability, his musicality, his his performance, like he's just awesome. But then I like his business acumen, and then I see how he carries himself. He's not a, he's not a know it all or a, a somebody who just runs their mouth. You feel what I'm saying? Like so, I can I can respect stuff like that. So the thing I like about Jay is, <clears throat> so Big has always been my number one, but but Jay is right there. So the thing I love about Jay is Jay is authentic. Jay never talked about nothing that he did not do. And then Jay, when he made it, he wasn't talking about um, still, he's still selling drugs, he's still right. standing on the corner. He showed us, he gave us the blueprint. I.e., the he, blueprint. He gave us the blueprint on how to start in a place where nobody counts you in. And you just rise to the top, and you and and become the greatest there and, is. Yeah, like, and so and he's he's so much more than a rapper, though. I mean, but also look at like the people who came up around the same time that everybody like adored, like the DMXs, the the Ja Rules kinda. You know, what I mean, those people who came up in that same time and space where Rockefeller was doing that thing and they were doing that thing and he just stayed the course. I just don't think they were as authentic. Jay stayed true to himself. I don't know. DMX was pretty authentic. I think DMX was authentic but I think on a couple of occasions his meds ran out. (laughs) No! (laughs) Get at me, dog! And I love DMX. Matter of fact, it's funny that you say that. DMX is who I listened to this morning during my workout. I thought you were, it's I, dark and hell is hot. I, uh, I thought you were going to say you listened to him doing your morning devotions and prayer. <laughs> I would be a different person. <laughs> no, he do have a few prayers. Like I think he, that one prayer on his song was hot. Yeah, I mean, I like I yeah. like DMX. Like I grew up listening to DMX, but it's kind of. We always used to say back in the day, like imagine with like Fifty, I mean not Fifty, uh, with with Pac and Biggie and all these guys would look like at forty and fifty. Jay Z is there, and Jay-Z. it don't feel like he's at forty and fifty. Like Jay will be forty nine on December fourth. He just finished he a killing. world tour. He killing his lyrics. What I like about Jay, so me and Chris Simon, who y'all went to France. Y'all called y'all FaceTime me from France, but no, I was in face, but, but we, I was in Baltimore. We FaceTime so, you from, from Monte Carlo. Right. So so what? So what? Forget you and Chris. So shout out Chris Simon. Right. So Chris and I was talking and um about, you know, about about Jay and that whole evolution of Jay. Chris is a Jay fanatic. 
Chris is a Jay fanatic. So we were, we were always talking about what are the top three uh, Jay-Z albums. And so for me, I went against the grain. Normally the top three Jay-Z albums starts off with either Reasonable Doubt or Blueprint. Hold on, you said Reasonable Doubt or Blueprint. Right, Okay. in the top two. So top three, you could go a couple different ways. But I mean, for the number three. But for number one, I picked 444. And Chris was like, huh? I picked 444 because it was so relevant. And it was about the evolution of Jay-Z. He challenged all of us on 444. Yeah. And he gave us game for 999. So for me, it's 444, reasonable doubt, then blueprint for the record. What do you think, Chris? So the question is, Chris, you got to Chris is going to be on um, on. We the, had this uh, conversation in the car riding back from D.C. So Chris is going to be on the podcast um, in December, uh, like around December 17th or 18th. We record. That's my birthday, December 17th. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so <laughs> a question for later, a question for later. What do you think about people putting their cash app on Instagram for their birthday? That's like this I, new phenomenon. I hate that. That blew my mind. I hate that. Okay. No, later conversation. I hate, I hate that. Uh, so Chris is going to be on in, in December, and we're going to talk about We're going to bring that up because we got some big stuff popping off, and um, that's going to be a really good conversation. So if you're listening to the podcast, uh, tune in around that time. Um, so let's, let's switch because I, I do want to touch on that because okay. that's, that's a good point. Putting your cash app out around your birthday. I don't mind people saying, hey, if you want my cash app, hit me in my DM. I'll give it to you if you want to give me something for my birthday. Cool. I don't believe, I really don't like the whole idea of blasting your cash app to the world for your birthday. Yeah, I'm, I, just, I don't know what to think about it. I that, just, I to just, me, that's, that's a different. To me, saying, hey, it's my birthday. Here's my address. Mail me something. Right. I'm not with it. I don't. Th- I mean, and it's and it's. I don't know if it's a tacky thing or if it's a class thing or if it's a. I'm just not in the place where I need. So you giving me something really like right. I got past the place in my life where I'm really looking for somebody to do something for me for exactly. my birthday. Exactly. And I guess that's a grown man syndrome. Because I can like, do for myself. Anything that you can do for me, I can do for me. Right. Like, you know, unless you want to, you know. Show up to my house with a so, brand new Benz or a, something. A like, few I'm, years ago, and I'm probably gonna step on some toes, but hey, it's oh, a social advice podcast oh, where well. it don't take that long to get that get right, shorty. So a few years ago, people started throwing parties for their birthday and charging people to come to their parties. I've never invited, been invited to anything like that. That's crazy. Well, I didn't go, but because <laughs> I thought that was tacky. Can Can you name a name? I, I, I cannot name a name. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you in right. trouble. That's I know, I know. Hey, hey, I know hey, better. Hey, I'm wise. If there's anybody that can defend themselves if they get in trouble with you. Oh, well, I can absolutely. <laughs> but I just thought that was, I just thought that was a little tacky. You invite me to your birthday party, and I have to pay to get in. And you expecting a gift, huh? Mm-mm. No, and what I found is happy birthday, praise the Lord. You, but you know what I found? I found that when people think you have something, they'll never get you nothing. Like people, like I, my friends, when their birthdays come around, 
I even take them on a trip. I buy them something significant, get them something they never had, something I think about something they've mentioned before. Like, I, I try to give them something that they can remember the the the, the occasion by right. because it's their birthday and they're my friend and they mean something to me. But people don't ne- people never get me anything significant so, for my birthday. So Rock, one of the things I've done, and Rock, you do a, a, a great job at like treating your friends on their birthday. Um, but one of the things I've done, Rock, is I've changed my expectations of people, even my friends. So I'm not I'm not expecting anything. What I would love, so I have this tradition for my family and our birthdays. As long as we get together as the family and friends, the people that really matter. Because what I find is when you throw these big parties, a lot of your, um, what's that terminology for fake friends? Oh, um, frenemies. Frenemies show up. And I don't want any frenemies. I just want friends and family. And we just had that. And we just had yeah. that for Sherry's birthday. That's right. It was nothing but love. Nothing but love. Thing. I didn't get home to two o'clock. It was amazing. That's right. But and when I say let me let me say this, there are people like my brother always gives me a, a beautiful gift, like something from Gucci or something like that. He knows my style, so he buys me stuff like that. Um, uh, my friend Aaron always gets me something nice. Um, my wife goes out of her way to you know she. Babe, you want this or that or or something that she got to take a loan out for because she know I got expensive taste. But other than that, I guess people feel as though I'm not spending my whole two-week check on, on rock. Right. right. <laughs> that boy crazy. And it's really not about that. It's, it's really not. about, it's, hey, right. let's, let's go to dinner. Hey. To be honest, it wouldn't mean no world. I don't care. And I don't even. I don't, I'll, let's go to Chick-fil-A. Man, I, I just wanted to get with you on your birthday, let you know, you know, we good, we boys. Right. And, man, let's have a 12-pack, so, not so, an 8-pack. So now I know what I'm getting for hey. my birthday. I'm getting a 12-count chicken mini. I want the meal, though. <laughs> <laughs> I want the with, meal. With waffle fries. Yeah, waffle fries. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but that's what good friendship is. like. Absolutely. And for me, it's not so much about you getting me a specific thing or something expensive. It's about the, yo, it's your birthday. I thought about you. You my God. Don't never let nobody tell you different. That means something to me. Absolutely. And so sometimes people think because they can't afford what's your normal, you know what I mean, they won't get you anything. That's not the route to go. It's not. It's not. The route to go is to say, man, I was thinking about you. Here's twenty five dollars to 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 uh, stay uh, uh, to Target. We know you. Everybody and their mother know I love Target. I live my life in Target. Like me and my wife go to Target. I'm pretty sure when I get home today, you can get those to- black shoes we saw in there. It- oh. <laughs> I, d- I dare you. Uh, you. Are you talking about the square two? The square. <laughs> I dare you. The square two. I d I d triple dare you. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you know this is killing me. Just I big. double D dare you. So let me make this make sense to the listening audience. There's a certain person that wears a certain type of shoe that me oh joke about every time we see this type of shoe, and he's trying to get me to mess up <laughs> and say this person's name on this podcast, and I will not do that. I will not do that. Listen, he's scared. <laughs> I'm a little chump. I'm a little chump. I can't do it. All right. So, um, 
Listen, this has been a crazy podcast. It's been 43 minutes. Oh, man, we're just having fun. Yeah, we just having fun. I just wanted to talk about this whole Kanye thing because Kanye is starting to get on my nerves, and I don't know what to think. I just think it's weird. I think he's just, you know, he's in a good slash bad slash weird place, um, and I'm praying for the guy. I'm no longer the fan I was of Kanye. Hope, you know, and let me just add this, and you let me know what you think. A big part of being a strong, independent black man is your support system. I don't know what support system Kanye has. Like, and when I say my support system, I'm talking about Coach T. You see what I'm saying? I'm talking about my mother. I'm talking about my friends. I don't see the support system that Kanye has. Because I know... In our culture, somebody would have been pulled me up if I was out acting like crazy like that. They would have been broke my phone. My wife would have been said, you better get yourself together now. I'm not even playing no games with you. And that's just a culture thing. I don't know, and I'm not saying anything against interracial marriages or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's just something about the African-American culture that we, in certain regards, we check each other and say, nah, bruh. Right. That ain't what we doing right now. And I just don't see that happening for him. It's not happening. He's not allowed. I guess when you have that kind of money and that kind of lifestyle, um, your influences are different. And again, I believe we should not underestimate the um, mental health issue. And not only the mental health issue, um, I'm starting to talk more about spiritual health issue. And so some of us have you know issues um, dealing with things mentally and emotionally, but do not underestimate um, spiritual health. And again, back to your statement about the community, we have to be able to, somebody's gotta be able to hold you accountable. Somebody's gotta be able, one thing we should know about ourselves is that we're not correct 100% of the time. Can be, can be. So let me ask you this, Al. From being a leader yourself, who is the who who are the leaders in the black community? So I have a whole nother concept. My eyes lit up, didn't I? I have a whole mm-hmm. nother concept on the leaders in the black community. And you're talking about the overall black community. Yeah, the overall this black is community. what I believe, real quick. I believe that the the black, the African American community is waiting for the second coming of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Hold on. Say that one more time, my fine fairy friend. I believe that the African-American culture, the African-American people as a whole, we are waiting for the second coming of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. As a leader. As the leader. We're looking for a leader. When the times have changed, there's not going to be a second coming of Dr. King. The leadership legacy that he left, he left with all of us. And so now it is up to each and every individual to have a level of accountability. You do your part, Rock. I do my part. So you there's know? not going to be just one figure. Because no. I don't even know if people actually no. saw Martin like we see him now. Well, they then. didn't even appreciate Martin, Dr. King, um, when he was alive. It wasn't until he died that they really appreciated him. Biggie has a song called You're Nobody 
until somebody kills you. Um, but he wasn't even appreciated. But his leadership efforts were undeniable. But there's not going to be a Dr. King. We looked at people like um, Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, and we were let down because we were expecting Dr. King. There's no more Dr. King. Just like in basketball, there's no more Michael Jordan. There's now LeBron, but there's no more Michael Jordan. And so how do we how do we come to grips with that whole idea not looking for a messiah and saying I am the messiah? We we have to we have to individually um, recognize this and accept this. And that's what we're having a struggle doing, just accepting this. We're sitting back. That's why people don't go vote. It, my vote doesn't matter. Your vote matters. Every individual vote matters. No, my vote doesn't matter because it's going to go to electoral college anyway. No, your vote matters. There's, there, there is synergy. And you may not always win, but your vote. Imagine if you felt like that. I was that. being facetious. I know. Well, imagine if you really felt like that and... That's the see you're a leader, right? You have influence. I do. That's the influence that you passing on to your children. And so if it's tough for our generation, imagine how tough it's gonna be for the next few generations. And so that's why I asked the question, like, who are the black leaders? Because at some point my father's gonna pass. So let me tell you who the black leaders are now. Right? Okay. Your dad's one yep. of the African American leaders. Uh, You're one of the African-American leaders of the culture. I'm one of the leaders. Bishop Walter Scott Thomas, a Congressman Elijah Cummings. These people, Bishop T.D. Jakes. But, but then, then again, Mr. Wilson down the street. Right. Mr. Jones in Edmondson Village. Right, Mr. Claude that fixed cars in his, in his backyard. That's right. These are now our African-American leaders. The leadership is seen in the home. The leadership is seen in the job. And we need more of the leadership to be seen in the church. So that's, so basically, and the reason that I brought that question up is because people are looking at, because if you don't determine who your leaders are, other communities will pick who your leaders are. Like, we never chose Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton, but the but the news, CNN and right. MSNBC, they chose those individuals they did. as our leaders. And not to say that they had ill they, intentions, right. but they, they put the camera on the person who was talking the most and the loudest. Right. And sometimes we have to realize that leadership is not always the loudest in the room. Leadership is the person who can pull together, provide vision, provide insight, provide leadership, and go with it. And they don't always need the credit. I was sitting with... Um, Dr. Andre Bunley this week, and and he was like, Rock, you know, I said, how do we, he, he got, you know, some major initiatives, and I said, well, how do we keep people from hijacking what we want to do? Like, I felt like people hijacked the, the Black Lives Movement because people started acting crazy and riding and doing all this stuff, which is a good model of, you know, not having one leader but multiple leaders, but how do you keep it from getting hijacked? He says, you keep it hijacked because we ain't doing no talking. We ain't going to be in front of nobody's cameras doing no talking. What we're going to be doing is the work. And we're going to be feeding the hungry. We're going to be getting people jobs. We're going to be doing the work that, that comes along with being leaders. And if you see somebody out talking real big and saying all of this and saying all that, always in front, know that they're not the leader. Know that they're not even with us because we don't do that. Well, Rock, what I learned in leadership is you can accomplish anything if you don't care who gets the credit. Man, that's and that's and that is hard because 
human nature says I need credit. That's human nature. We're selfish by nature. All of Heck us. Yeah. We're selfish. But if you can learn that, that it's not about your name being called. It's not about you being on TV. It's not about uh, 50,000 likes I would like 50,000 likes and my name on TV. And if you cut right. me a check, that'd be nice. There's too. nothing wrong with that. But it's not about that. And if you earn that status, then hopefully you can use your leadership and your influence for something positive. Man, this has been an amazing episode of the Social Advice Podcast. Um, my brother, my friend, Odell, the leadership guru, if you are in need of your organization being taken to the next level through leadership classes, um, if you're a guy out there and you need some style um, consultations, um, if you whatever it is that you need, he's here to provide. How can they reach you out? You can reach me on Instagram. Odell Exec, O-D-E-L-L-E-X-E-C, or OdellExec.com, um, or OdellExec at gmail.com. Oh, man, he just has a plethora of different ways <laughs> for you Reach to Reach out in, in touch. touch. <laughs> <laughs> right, Singing <laughs> is not one of my um, strong points. Not at all. Every man should know his limitations. I work to my strengths and I outsource my weaknesses. Very much so. And so we would ask that you do not sing on the social advice podcast where it doesn't take that long to get get right shorty all right so you guys go ahead and follow your boy rock uh, rock uh, mitchell uh at rock mitchell on instagram and twitter you can always reach out to uh to us at major result major result major result co at gmail.com if you want to uh Reach out to us. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a beautiful episode. Thank y'all. With the Social Advice Podcast, where it don't take, take that, that right. long to get right. Shawty. Welcome to the Social Advice Podcast with your host, Rock Mitchell. Enjoy intriguing conversations and dialogue surrounding faith, fashion, technology, current events, culture, self-help, and motivation. And remember this one thing. Don't take that long to get right, shorty. Welcome to the show.